Hello and welcome to Dancers. We're back. It's been a while, okay? Now, some people might speculate that I wasn't able to make an episode for a while because I'm trying to get a new podcast called Basket of Cats with Benton Ray off the ground. That is not the case. Do not listen to rumors or misgivings that that is why I have been slacking on putting out episodes of this. Do not think that. The reason I have not put out episodes of Dancers is because I was working on solving world problems. Okay? If you want me to be honest, now I'm not the kind of guy that wants to brag about these sorts of things. I like to keep my altruism under wraps because I am incredibly humble and let's face it, wise. But I was forced to give you this true answer to the question, why have I not put out episodes of Dancers? Is it because the menial task of recording myself on video and subsequently audio and then putting those two things together and putting it out, an incredibly simple task, a task that you could perhaps train certain primates to perform was too much for me. And I had to come forward. I had to come forward with the information that I was solving every global problem. And I'm happy to say that today, uh, the 30, uh, Halloween, the 31st of October, I've accomplished that goal. Everything in the world now is normal. So don't trust any... Listen, if you go on the news, I know a bunch of people, a bunch of... <clears throat> naysayers are going to go into the comments here and they're going to say, but Dan, this is still happening. But Dan, 18 people were attacked by a stray corgi just yesterday. And I'm going to say, listen, you can, you can hear whatever you hear on the news. Okay. You can think all that stuff is true, but who are you going to trust? An accredited news source or a man with a microphone in his kitchen? Okay. Really think about that. That is a choice that you need to make in your life. Are you going to listen to multiple credible journalists? Or are you going to listen to a man raising his voice in a kitchen that is barely being paid for rent-wise? I'm covering my rent, but it's barely, okay? Do I wish there was a lot of money left over? Sure, don't we all? But we're getting, we're getting a bit off topic here. What I'm saying is, we're back. Things are good. I'm happy. I've been happy. I've been, you know, stand up. It's not easy. It's not hard. It's not like being a firefighter, you know? But also, stand up doesn't make you incredibly attractive like being a firefighter does. So there's trade-offs in everything. I don't know if it's a chicken and egg situation, but I like to believe that a normal looking guy can become a firefighter and then they just, once they graduate the forest, they look in the mirror and they have five o'clock shadow and a jawline that could cut most diamonds. That's how I like to picture firefighting to be. Comedy is not firefighting, but I've been doing it quite a bit and I felt like at the last couple shows I did I reached a new level of comfort and 
the great thing about that is I've been doing it long enough to be aware that those moments of, of happiness and perhaps even grandeur, 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 can be short-lived. And tomorrow, I could very easily get on stage and feel as though I am a, I am a fetus from the womb, as they say, and bomb horribly. But the last couple shows have been good. I've been loose. I've been relaxed. I've been maybe maybe even having a beer on stage, something I would ne- I never did in the past. Unfortunately, comedy is full of people who are sort of freewheeling, rebellious in a way, and I am not that. I am a boring loser. I don't really mean that. I do some fun stuff, right? But for a lot of people in the comedy community see me trying to get seven hours of sleep a night, installing my own curtains to do so. I guess that's not that big of an accomplishment, but look, we take our victories where we can, don't we? And they say, you're not a real comic. A real comic stays up to three. A real comic is having uh, shootouts with deli owners. That's what co- That's where comedy comes from. The, uh, you know, at least George Carlin had trouble with the IRS. That's a government agency. A very powerful one. I don't have any trouble with any government agency. And that is why I'm doing this podcast today. I want to start beef with a certain government agency. And I don't know which one. Whichever one comes forward... Let's rumble. The EPA? The FDA? Does the FDA... Oh, does the FDA want smoke? Does the FDA... Because listen, I've been putting stuff in pill capsules. I don't don't even know what it is, to be honest with you, okay? This is a direct message to the head of the FDA. I've been... I've been making black market chili in my kitchen... Some people wonder, what is black market chili? If I told you, I would have to wipe your hard drive of your computer, okay? What is black market chili? Anyway, we're back. And I have some questions to answer. And I'm going to get right into them. I, I took a little break, and I got to say, I'm having more fun now than I think I ever did doing this intro. And listen, no one's going to listen to this. So all that matters is that I'm having fun. And if you are listening to this, which you are, because this is kind of a meta conversation I'm having, isn't it? Declaring there's no one listening to this, and yet if you are listening to this, you are listening to this. Thank you. This is a question from someone. All the questions are anonymous. If you have a question, ask a professional, a paid mental health professional, and then your family, and then your friends, and then acquaintances, and then people you don't trust, and then your enemies, and then you can email it to me at uh, dancerspodcast, all one word, at gmail.com. I'll put it in the comment section of this. So here's a question. This could be you. I don't get a lot of questions. So if you ask a question, the question's gonna get answered on the podcast. I've answered some psychotic questions on here, just because I have to fill the time, Okay. Here's the question. Anonymous, I'm not going to say who this is. 
I realize this is not a very interesting question. You listen to me. And this is what I do. I read part of the question and then I go into a little tangent. So this is tangent time. She wrote, I realize this is not a very interesting question, but I'm not going to go any further. I'm going to start my Dan's. This is Dan talking. Don't doubt yourself. This is the most interesting part of my fucking day. Do you understand? You think I don't care about what's going on in your life? My life is is one of the tiniest little lives you could imagine. Any question you ask that involves having a home or even a yard or an apartment better than mine, it's like I'm consorting with a king or royalty, okay? So do not doubt yourself when you ask me these questions. Here's the question. I realize this is not a very interesting question, but it came up as I paused your podcast to talk to a friend, so I thought it deserved to be sent. I have a 12 to 13-year-old dog. I like that you don't know the exact age. I like that in a dog. That that makes me think a dog has a little bit of mystery. I like a dog with a backstory. I like a dog that could have been could have been knife fighting in an alleyway. Could have been robbing jewelry stores. Could have been walking the streets, wagging its tail on the streets at night, waiting for any car to stop by. And with $5 and a jar of peanut butter, you could get what you wanted from that dog. All right? That's a dark history for a dog, but it gives you character. 12 to 13-year-old dog that I have had for 10 years. You've had the dog for 10 years. He is really healthy, but definitely slowing down. My friend looked at my dog and said that he was reminded of his co-worker's Jack Russell that was put down last week. Hey! Friend, this isn't to the person asking the question. This is to that friend. What the fuck are you doing? You're looking at someone's dog and going, oh, this reminds me of a dog that was uh, killed professionally. Maybe a little bit of empathy, okay? You, what are, I hope I'm reading this right. My friend looked at my dog. Your friend just looked at your dog. It didn't play with the dog. Didn't get a, a sense of the general vibe of the dog. Just looked at it and said, oh, this looks like a dog that should be killed and you pay money for it. What are you doing? Send this clip to your friend if you're listening to me, the person who asked this question, and tell them they need to take some. Now, I don't know about the healthier dog. I'm not a vet. I'm not going to walk into someone's house and go, oh, wow, hey, that dog, man, we should get that taken care of today. Don't, what is wrong with you? Whew. Your friend look, not a friend. We're going to call this person an acquaintance now. It, at best, at best, this is an acquaintance. My acquaintance looked at my dog and said he was reminded of his co-worker's Jack Russell that was put down last week. And I seemed like the kind of person that would drag on my dog's life? Fight this friend now. Fight them. Okay? Now, this is a sensitive topic. This is your dog. You've had this dog for 10 years. This dog is, I'll, I'm going to go ahead and guess, more valuable than this friend. Okay? I don't want to make any big judgments. I'm not a doctor or a lawyer or, or even a, a construction worker. But... 
What is this friend's deal? Who is this friend? Is this a guy who's seen everything? Is this a person that's been in every major armed conflict in the history of the world and is just so deeply, completely desensitized to death that he's willing to flippantly walk into your house and go, yeah, that dog needs to die. What is this person's problem? And I say guy, it could be a woman, but I, I, I man, I mean, I don't know if you can even gender a person who is uh, this related to death. This is sort of like a, this is more of a, a nebulous, genderless energy field of omnipotent death and destruction. Not to talk too bad about your friend. This has come up a few times and where friends and family have mentioned that in the future, they think I will be cruel and selfish in doing this. What does this dog look like? Is this a skeleton dog? Does this dog have have half of his face ripped off like uh, Two-Face and Batman? What is going on with it? Is this dog... Uh, is this dog scrawling in kibble and bits on the floor, please kill me? How are this many people telling you to end your dog's life? This is, this is giving me anxiety, hearing all of this. You and your dog need to move to the mountains away from people, from all this judgment. Whew. What do you think about people deciding when an animal needs to be put down and the idea that those uh, who don't are selfish? Secondly, is, is it something that is up to the individual or should there be a right and wrong approach? Listen, Grace, when we get past the myriad of people in your life that want to see the downfall and destruction of your dog, do they owe your dog money? Do these people owe your dog money? Is your dog a bookie? I think, A, it's a dog, right? And I'm very much a person who loves dogs. I love dogs very much. Love animals in general. People tell you this about me, okay? You can ask my friends. I don't know why I'm trying to prove this to you people, but I love animals. However, an animal to me personally is an animal, right? Doesn't mean they can't feel pain. It doesn't mean that you can't have empathy for them. But I think it is very important to understand that dealing with an animal towards the end of its life is very different than dealing with a person towards the end of its life. I don't need to tell you that. I think this should be between you and a vet. Take the animal to a vet. See what the vet has to say. Because I doubt the vet is going to be like your friends and family that are apparently telling you to kill this dog with fire. I don't know what vendetta your friends and family have against this poor, poor creature, but I would say, yeah, try to get a professional's opinion. Also, you said in the beginning that your dog is healthy, but slowing down. If your dog still seems happy, maybe let it keep, I don't know. That's why my advice, people say, oh, well, that's, that's true advice. We want you to have hot takes. We want the hottest take in the world. Dan, why don't you say that uh, dogs should rule the United States? I'm not a hot take guy. I, I have a hot take from time to time, but whenever I have one, just know it's coming because it, it's coming up uh, on its own volition, right? 
so funny that so many people seem to want your dog dead. Ask a vet. See what the vet has to say. That's my opinion. Is it the is it the coolest opinion in the world? No. Sorry, I don't have the coolest opinion in the world. Um okay, so this is another question. Uh this one seems to be a, a dating question, which is great. I love a nice dating question, okay? Dating questions are good. Oh, I just read the first sentence of this, and it's a really good one. I like a question that starts with a good first sentence, and this is definitely that. How can I try to find people to date without dating apps? Now, you would read that first sentence, and you would go, uh, oh, interesting. Okay, that's a good header for a question. Um, a lot of people don't want to use dating apps. And then this is the first, first sentence. I'm banned from Tinder and Bumble. Okay. Well, some backstory may be required for that. Now, apps and social media are not perfect when it comes to banning certain people, right? It's a helicopter. I can't, I'm not going to deal with that. Okay. You're going to hear it if you hear it. Certain social media platforms are not perfect at when and where to ban people, right? However, if you were banned from two, perhaps a little bit of introspection is the answer to this. Perhaps we need to look and see, are we harassing people? That's a great question. That's a question a lot of people don't answer. A lot of people don't look inside themselves and think, are we harassing people? Why are you banned from these apps? I would love to know. If you could follow up, and I hope I don't seem judgy. I'm making a little joke here. I would love for you to follow up with an email letting me know why you are banned from these apps. And I will I will deal with that on the podcast, obviously completely anonymously. And I just had a failed situationship from Hinge. So I feel discouraged from downloading it again. Don't let that stop you from downloading Hinge. Just because, listen, there's plenty of fish on the Hinge. I don't have friends that I can go out with to the bars or anything like that. I'm also a single mom. So usually when I'm out and about grocery shopping, car washing, coffee shops, being alive outside, I have my six-year-old human with me. Listen, that ain't going to stop a lot of guys. Okay? Certain guys? Sure. Some young idiots? Absolutely. But the kind of guy you want to date? Sees you walking around with your kid, no husband around. I mean, hey, even if you do have your husband around, there's guys that'll op open up a little bit on that, maybe. I've been single for five years now. My daughter is really intuitive, and I feel like she knows that I want to find a partner because sometimes when we're out and we see good look a good-looking person, she will tell me to go talk to them and ask them to be my friend. That is so funny. Your daughter is playing matchmaker. Your, I believe, five-year-old daughter. <laughs> Your five-year-old daughter is looking at hot guys and, and being like, are you single? <laughs> Do you want to fuck my mom? <laughs> just, just like a stud. <clears throat> You're just out. You're just out walking around. You see a stud. You, you glance and you look forward, but your daughter just keeps staring. <laughs> Will you be my stepdad? Hey, do you think you could teach me how to change a tire? That's so funny. One time we saw someone cute while we were driving in the car at a red light and she told me to follow him home so I could ask him to be my friend. That is so funny. That, Because that's such a kid thing. Obviously, she doesn't understand 
the implications of that. She's just like, why wouldn't you chase someone down in your car and ask them to be your friend? If this was a young boy, I would probably say, hey, listen, in current climates, maybe teach Timmy to, to relax a little bit. But that's just very funny. That's very funny. So what you're asking about is basically how do you meet somebody outside of dating app? I mean, that's a really hard question, isn't it? The first step is always going out and doing stuff with other people. Like, that's the thing is, I always think I don't have an insight to this question, but I've met people on dating apps and outside of dating apps. And I think that the important thing with both of them is that you just have, I mean, with the six-year-old daughter, right? I'm, I'm not going to tell you to, you know, join a pottery class or whatever. You have enough on your plate. And that's a really tough situation. I would honestly say for you, and this might not be popular, we might get mad at me in the comments, maybe give Hinge another shot, right? I mean, you, you don't have time. I know that you just had a situationship, which whatever the fuck that, whatever whatever words we're using now to describe uh, getting fucked by someone who fist pounds you afterwards, right? Which that's fine. There's nothing wrong with those situations, Okay. However you want to you want to do, I, I would just say maybe give Hinge another shot because the only way that you're going to meet people out in public is by someone approaching you in public with your six-year-old daughter around, which, hey, you know, maybe a red flag there. But I think that I think that dating apps have their purpose. I met my current girlfriend on a dating app and it, it things are going great. And that's really my only piece of advice for that. I've never been a approach people in public kind of person. I have never been a, uh, a uh, hey, oh my God, you like coffee? And those, those people that do, there's guys that do that and are genuinely very charming and that women like a lot, and that's great for them. I, that's not where I meet people. I meet people generally online. Most, that is a crazy thing to think about, is the majority of my sexual partners in adulthood I have met online. But that's the world we live in now. And if you're a person that doesn't enjoy that, I would say kind of the only solution is having activities that you enjoy and then meeting people through that. I mean, that that is really, I mean, that's the standard boring, boring answer. But that is kind of the way things happen. It's not going to be, well, chances are it's not going to be at the coffee shop, right? It's not going to be some guy working on his screenplay at the coffee shop. God forbid, God forbid it's the guy working on his screenplay at the coffee shop because the only way i've met people in life outside of like uh dating apps is they are directly doing stuff that i am doing or they are friends of friends and that's really it that's all i that that's the only experience i have had in this crazy crazy world i've i've never been and you know part of me wishes in my younger years i was the kind of guy that could go up to somebody in a in a barnes and nobles and be like books you into those? That's so crazy. I You see how bad I am at it by the examples that I'm giving. Damn. Uh, Catcher in the Rye? That's my favorite book. What's yours? Maybe that would work. I feel like if someone's into you, you can kind of say anything. And then if someone's not into you, you can kind of say anything. It doesn't really matter what you're saying. The answer is going to be what the answer is going to be. You know what I mean? And the answer is usually no. I've talked about this. 
I don't I don't know if I should just dedicate a full episode to this, but I'll give you a little teaser. I actually have a uh, a rating scale of places in public where it is the most and least appropriate to approach people and hit on them. Maybe this is the time to, you know what? Maybe I'll give you the full kit and caboodle and we can talk about this uh, on later episodes. It's a five to zero scale. Zero means there is no barrier to hitting on someone in these situations. And a five is you should not under any circumstances hit on someone in these situations, right? And then you have the numbers in the middle. So a five would be, a boss and an employee, a therapist and a patient, right? Never ever should a sexual relationship come of that. If it does, you generally warrant uh, criminal charges, right? A zero would be a situation where people are explicitly going to date. I'm talking about singles meetups. I'm talking about like speed dating events. I'm talking about social me dating apps, right? Dating apps are a, are a zero. Some people think social media platforms are a zero. Social media platforms are not a zero. They're absolutely not a zero. They are a two. And depending on the level of uh, how direct you are, i.e. sending a picture of your naked body, can't do that. You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do that on a social media platform. There's only one platform you could do that on. It's not Tinder or Hinge either. Grinder is the only one I've heard of where that is the that's the move. And hey, to those folks' credits, it very much seems to be the move. There, I mean, boy, does that seem to work on that app, but only that app. A four situation would be a situation in which it is inappropriate to hit on someone unless there are circumstances that make it appropriate. Now, I know that's kind of difficult, so I'll, I'll try to explain it. A four is like a gym. A gym, the standard, the baseline, don't hit on anyone at the gym. However, if there's someone that you already have rapport with that you know for some reason, maybe you go to the same the same coffee shop and you've had conversations there and then you see them at the gym, go talk to them at the gym. But if you are approaching a random stranger, asking them for the number, their number at the gym, even if certain, now people are going to go in the comments of this and they're going to go, but I like it when people do that. I like being approached by people. I think murder is sexy, right? That's fine. That is fine. I'm talking about creating a baseline social standard, right? Just like uh, covering your nose when you sneeze right? You want to do that. That's what this is. Baseline standard in a gym, don't approach people. Now, if someone approaches you first, maybe they didn't do the right thing, but if they're interested in you and they've made that clear and you're interested in them, of course, carry on that conversation. But all the rest of the situation. So it seems as though the person asking this question is trying to, to make approaches in three situations, three to four situations, where Guys are, I think, reluctant to hit on women in these situations for good reason. Get yourself into some twos. Get yourself into some ones. Get yourself into some zeros. Maybe go to some singles meetups, right? Those exist. Maybe go to, uh, I mean, like bars and clubs, but obviously those aren't necessarily the people that you want. But I'm saying those are those are one in two situations, right? So just think about that. Think about how you could get into a situation where it would be more apt to meet people. I know that that's a dumb piece of advice, but hey, I ain't no expert. I ain't no Dr. Philip, okay? This is this is dancers. And sometimes the dancers aren't exactly what you want. 
But hey, we're just dancing in the moonlight. Sorry. That's the episode today. If you have any questions, please email them at dancerspodcast at gmail.com. Please watch or listen to the podcast, Basket of Cats, the Basket of Cats podcast. I would really appreciate you guys going to that YouTube, uh, checking that out on Apple Podcasts. If you already like this podcast, that one is probably a little bit better. It's not just me rambling. I have my very funny friend Benton Ray with me. And Benton and I discuss things that we agree and disagree on. And it's fun. What it does, what the podcast does, is it basically lets you in on a conversation with two people that is not very curated, right? And we, I, I mean, we disagree on stuff that's kind of trivial, but it's it's fun because I think me and Benton are both people that we don't we, we don't take arguments personally, and we're still friends, and I think that's a very fun situation. So if you like podcast please listen to basket of cats please keep listening to this one send me your questions dancerspodcast at gmail.com thank you for listening you made it this far i appreciate you so much have a good one